Thank you so much for joining the Dr. Whisperer podcast show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, and you are here to listen to others talk about the business of medicine. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with somebody else that is in the business of medicine so we can all learn together. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show, or welcome back to the Dr. Whisperer Show. And I already fangirled a lot over this guest that you are going to get to meet and hear, um, because I have been a diehard fan for consistently the last 10 years. I'll celebrate my 10th year in business on my own in December. But he is uh, the former COO of the Ritz-Carlton Hortz Schulze. Schulze, of course, I'm going to say it wrong, even though I asked you about it. But the two of us have one thing in common. Nobody can say our names correctly. That doesn't mean we're not amazing human beings. Welcome to the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. You know, um, I I shared a little bit about when I really got involved with hospitality, healthcare trainings. You were my my mentor in my head. I listened to many, many YouTube videos about you. You are still doing interviews, which are incredible. Um, and you have done so much in business, but I really think that the people need to hear, especially the doctors, the ones that are running their own businesses, to understand how important hospitality and healthcare is, we will give a shout out to our friend, Peter Yesowich, who just sent me his book, Hospitable Healthcare, that you were kind enough to uh, write about, and and you share the same passion about yeah. this hospitality. So can you share a little bit about your feelings when it comes to hospitality in healthcare? Well, altogether, uh, hospitality you know, I recently spoke to a group of uh, that calls themselves Classical Hotels of America. Those are the great old hotels, great, great hotels of America. A meeting, uh, there were about 500 people in the room, and before me was a speaker, a lady that incidentally runs a very successful resort. I mean, let me make that clear. She's successful and does a good job in it, but she spoke about that and, and said literally forget everything you know about hospitality because everything's new forget everything forget it all obviously when we talked about the technology that exists today in in health in in hospitality in a hotel industry specifically of course i was the next speaker and uh -oh. i said nothing and i said nothing is new hmm. Because it, it, it's kind of sad to even think that, forget everything you knew. That means we never knew anything. Because, you know, it is true that thousands of years ago, a human being wanted to be respected mm -hmm. as a human being. And that was true a thousand years ago and a hundred years ago and a week ago and yesterday and today, and it will be true in a thousand years from now. Right. And hospitality is simply giving them respect and caring for them as a human being. How can I be new? And my technology should help me to do that, mm. to care for a human being. A human being wants to be respected, period. 
And if they're not, they leave, lose trust, uh, attention, everything. And I submit to you, I'm sure that in healthcare, I don't know, this, this word care is there. Human beings want to be cared for hmm. in healthcare or in a hotel or in a restaurant or in a shoe store or hmm. as a neighbor, period. Right. And I submit that healing, that caring, in my opinion, is a great part driven by caring. I mean, I mean, how can we not believe that? If somebody cares for me, if a doctor cares for me and I consequently trust them, then obviously the healing and the relationship is such that there is a healing relationship created. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. My goodness, everything is new, and there's a lot of new medicine, but the effect, no matter what you're going to give me, I still want to trust you about it. I still want to know that you actually care for my specific situation, that you care for me as a human being, the same way that you want somebody in the hardware store when they walk into, that, that they care for you and respect you and help you. It doesn't matter where it is. Mm. It we think about human beings. Well, I think that um, I'm I'm all in with that, 100%. And I shared with you before that uh, when I would go and speak about hospitality and healthcare, I would always listen to you um, to really encourage this message that I was trying to portray to the practice administrators, the people that were hiring, the HR team, the physicians, that that person who is answering the phone, who is greeting you at the front door, if they are not receiving in-person eye contact and a smile, even if, you know, I, I used to always be so surprised. I would, the, the practice that I used to run, I had this one girl. There's always one that stands out, right? Yeah. And I would just be amazed how she could not understand that if she was on the telephone, that she couldn't put somebody on hold because the person that is standing in front of you is always going to be the most important person. Just some recognition. I see you. I will be with you momentarily. Please have a seat. Something to that effect, right? Exactly. Well, it's worse. I mean, it's funny. I had an experience very recently on the airport. I went to the checking account and a young lady behind was on the telephone. And she kept on talking, looking down, never, I, I, I was wondering after a while, does she even know that I'm standing here? Right. But just give me some recognition. I can just wave your hand, look me in the eye for me, wave your hand. I know you're there. I'll be with you. Give me a signal. You will be with me. And not give me a signal that you give a darn about me being there or not. Right. Because that's the signal she gave. She gave. But but here's the thing you said in your, in your uh, uh, practice that was true. That is the, 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 the issue. And leadership has to accomplish that everybody understands that. Right. But that one employee in the eye defines your company to the person that that they serve in the moment. And right. they made def- an end, they define their fellow workers as mm-hmm. a as a wonderful organization and wonderful people or as no good. Lousy. 
Right. Yeah. You said something very important. And one of you, yeah, one of you, it is, that's everything. Yeah. And how can we let somebody allow somebody to define our company in a negative way? Hmm. So, so that means we have to be leaders that create the right environment where people, our employees, want to take to take care of people, our guests, or yeah. our customer, or our parishioner, or whatever we call them. Yeah. Our patients. Yeah, you really um, made me stop one time when you were sharing about that in particular, and how where you work and where you spend most of your time really defines who you are. So, right. So if you are working in a place that has a horrible reputation, you are affiliated with that place, no matter if it's a a medical practice or an airline, right? Think about it. A a Ritz-Carlton employee, even today, I mean, I'm gone long time from Ritz-Carlton have created another company, which, Incidentally, is now rated best hotel company in the world. I Capella. Sold a, Capella, I sold three years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's rated number one after after its garden. And we were in Ritz Garden in twenty in in five continents, and each location was rated as number one, which defined everybody in the company. And even today, years later, even if we're if Ritz-Carlton former employee looks for a job and there are 100 others. That Ritz-Carlton employee gets the job because right. you're as, they're defined as excellent human being by the image of the company. Mm. They defined it. They define the image, but they're now benefiting from the image. It is oh, too right. We have to understand that where else can I define myself at home while, while I watch TV? Oh, come on. <laughs> Right. You know, and I used to tell my physicians, there's only one that really listened to me. I'm thinking about him right now. Good job, Dr. Lara. I used to tell him when you go out to a fine restaurant with your wife, start looking for that front desk employee. If you feel like somebody has given you exceptional service, right, introduce yourself and say, have you ever thought about a career in healthcare? I think you'd be perfect. I guarantee you I would do that. I guarantee you I would exactly do what you just said. Mm, I know you would. Try getting that through to my doctor sometimes. But it, it makes such a difference. I have never hired anybody as a front office staff that worked for any of my clients that had a lot of background in healthcare. Let, let, let's see. What does it, it is, if it's healthcare or any other business, it really doesn't matter. Mm. When you in a purchase, and, and I, I've laid it out very strongly in my book too, and when you make any purchase, and any purchase, you have a subconscious expectation relative to that purchase. And incidentally, here's the fascinating thing. This is true for all cultures. It doesn't matter that China or Japan or Germany or, or the US, it doesn't matter, or Africa, every Every human being subconsciously has an expectation in that purchase. And the purchase expectation is, no matter what you purchase, be it a, a, a doctor service or be it a hotel service or be it a legal service or be it a bottle of milk or, or a radio or a, or a car or a house, your subconscious expectation is that you want the product, the perceived product, to be defect-free. Mm. If the bottle of water, you don't want anything to swim in there. If it's doctor service, you want to get the right diagnostic, et cetera, et cetera. 
the product is expected to be without defect. Right. Number two, you expect timeliness. Oh, there, there is a there is a healthcare problem right there. You know, <laughs> right. timeliness. Oh, whoa. You know, that's something you have to rediscover in, in healthcare, by the way. Mm. And sit over there, wait on a blue round, on a blue uh, uh, couch, and until somebody calls you. Right. You know, that is ridiculous. Okay. No. <laughs> number one, no defect. Number two, timeliness. Mm -hmm. And number three, what you expect that whoever gives you the product, if it is a lawyer or a doctor or a shoe store clerk, it doesn't matter, that they're nice to you. Mm -hmm. Those are the expectations. No defect, timeliness, and caring. Those are the expectations, everything. Yeah. So since that are since that are the expectation of a purchaser of any service, and believe it or not, a patient is a, is buying a service. Yes. I have to make sure that those three things, expectation, fundamental expectations, I have processes to deliver. Hmm. And that is that includes when I have employees, hiring the right employee, teaching the right employee, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, it has to be my part also to care, and and that caring has to be has to start the instant I make contact, not a half a second later. So it starts with a great welcome, hmm. rather than morning. a morning, right? Yeah, good, morning. good morning, thank you for being welcome. here. Nice to see you. Exactly, exactly. rather than hi. hi. When I say I'm saying we're equal. Mm. How about saying good morning? How are you today? Good morning, ma'am. I'm saying I respect you, mm. and I'm saying at the same time, I am professional. Right. So you know it starts there, and it continues with caring for that customer. It's mm. not about you. It's trying to give that customer, whatever you call him, you call him patient or parishioner for that matter, giving that customer as the best what what they need from my product i do the best for them relative to what i'm doing and of course it ends by saying goodbye that by the way is called service and everybody talks about service nobody finds it it's welcome complying doing the best for them relative to your product and farewell and that's service that and if it. you do this right and have the right process and the right people doing it then you will have loyal guests, loyal customers that talk positive about you and your organization and consequently everybody in the organization. Why do you think that, because you've been around for a long time doing this, I know that you, um, I, I heard the great story of when it came time to you leaving the Ritz-Carlton and retiring, you talked to a neighbor who was playing golf and he couldn't wait to retire, right? Because he wanted to play golf. And you were like, well, I can't wait to hang out in hotels and you know, do what I love. And you continued doing it. And that's when uh, you started Capella. And you were in your 60s when you did that, correct? Correct. I created Capella when I was 65. And it's a major success, ultra luxury company. I, I Frankly, I was, I was kind of dreaming because there were many ultra luxury individual hotels. Mm -hmm. I have worked at them when I was a young person, the Plaza Athenae in Paris or the Borovash Palace in Lausanne or the or the, the, the Savoy in London at the time and so on. 
but there was no company that connected ultra luxury. Mm. So I wanted to be the first one who did that. Also, I was kind of dreaming about that. So I retired on a Friday and a Monday. I said to my wife, I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> and she was really mad when she heard that in the beginning because <laughs> she just had convinced me retired. Retiring from traveling 250 days a year around the world at the time. We went five continents and uh, I started. But after a few days, she said, that's who you are. I support you. Yeah. And we created Capella the alt yeah. in the ultra-luxury level. Yeah. And I love that you always talk about your wife, which I love. And I think that is just such a... Always uh, weaving her into the story, which I think is so beautiful. I, I weave my husband into my story often because if I could, I married Mr. Rogers. I like to say, you know, I'm from New York and he's just, he's a UPS man for 32 years and loves what he does and everybody loves him. And, you know, Sharon's a little tougher, his wife, and that's okay. But I, <laughs> I, I really, you know, I really demand um, a high level of service wherever I go. Because I, I want it so desperately for businesses, right? So I, you know, I always think about this one time I was running this practice here in Florida and my front office young lady told me that, you know, she had a really horrible person on the phone and she was insisting on talking to me. And I was so excited. I was always very excited to have the opportunity to save somebody from leaving our practice. So to this day, Victoria Rosen is a friend of mine and she was from New Jersey and I'm from New York and we started just chatting. There was such a great opportunity for me to show my staff at that moment that if you just take a moment to see what it is that is bothering or because it's never about, you know, somebody wants to come in and yell at, at a, a staff. Nobody wants to do that. Maybe there's something going on, but we should always be treating people that call or come in with respect and compassion and, because that is our job, especially well, we, in healthcare, better, right? We better understand this today, particularly today. That was not so, not was always important, but not as important as it is today and was 30 years ago, it was not. Because today, and un, there are three types of guests, customers, patients, doesn't matter. They're the unhappy ones, mm -hmm. they're the satisfied ones that are not yours, they're just satisfied, and then they're loyal ones to you. The dissatisfied ones, though, can today clearly become terrorists against your company, against your organization, and against you. Yeah. They can go on social network and so on and really destroy you. Yes. They can, they can be tough. So um, that's why and uh, we went and certified every one of our employees, over 20,000, how to handle a complaint an unhappy customer. Mm. And now, and it, it, it is very simple again. And, and again, we started that. We started, I worked with behavioral analysts and so on, and then just pulled things out of the air. We, we knew, we know today still, 96% of guests that complain, they don't want anything. Yeah. Just want to get rid of their frustration and somebody to care about their problem. Ah, here we are to the word caring. There we are. That's <laughs> all they want. In fact, yeah. when they explain 
when they complain and somebody truly responds with care, mm -hmm. they're embarrassed that they even complained. Right. So no. true. You know, it is. We taught them, and in, in a nutshell, what we taught, and, and I put it very simple. Number one, when you have somebody that's unhappy, listen. Mm. Number two, show empathy. Mm. Number three, apologize. Mm. Number four, make amends. Yes. And we taught them how to do that, how to listen, and so on. So, every doctor knows that their traditional insurance only goes so far dare I say malpractice. These are real risks that keep you up at night. Real risks, like you have to consider that. So SRA 831B admin helps businesses fund their own PPP plans. Did you hear that? Does that, is that making sense? So SRA 831B admin helps you mitigate risk and lower your tax liability by putting money in to a vehicle that's tax advantage. You need that. You know, dentists that were deemed non-essential, remember that in the pandemic? The ones that had these 831 plans, they were able to file a business interruption claim and use their tax advantage dollars. So what are you waiting for? Check out SRA 831B admin. You won't regret it. You know, isn't it simple? In the survey, all they want to complain is that somebody cares about their situation. They're frustrated about something. Why not accept it? Right. Oh, it's so simple, but it's very, very complicated for people, it seems. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love, seems. right? It's very complicated. And people are, you know, listening is not waiting for your opportunity to talk. I say that all the time, especially when it comes to guests and clients, listening to people really, really listening to them and just empathizing. Like you said, all of the things I already know, it's not fair to all of the people that are listening because this is, I have, I have agendas written with all of and, and referenced you for so many years now, but you're not going to listen to me. Listen to this outstanding gentleman who has run Ritz Carlton and uh, then created Capella and sold it. You know, it's way more than, than most people have ever done in their lives when it comes to hospitality. I love that you always talk about the, you know, I switched it into my own words, but I say, you know, people have the attention span of a flea, right? Mm -hmm. So that opportunity to really get somebody to pay attention and to want to come back. All of the systems that you have put in place have not just been for hospitality. You've worked in healthcare yourself. You've sat on many boards. Um, what do you think it is that prevents people from understanding that the, the impact of hospitality can really make or break your company. That's really and truly how I feel. There is a reason why with Chick-fil-A, before you answer that, you know, I didn't know until I listened to one of your interviews more recently that you had a lot to do. It, now it doesn't surprise me, but a lot to do with my pleasure. Okay. We joke in my house and we always go, it's my pleasure. <laughs> you will never be able to drive by a Chick-fil-A today. And I live in Florida, so there are many where that line is not wrapped around the block. It will never, ever change. And I know it's because of the hospitality that they offer to their customers. I mean, chicken, I guess it's great. I don't know. I don't need it that much. But you you know, you encourage them. You didn't, you actually said, you say my pleasure at Ritz-Carlton. 
And the CEO of Chick-fil-A said, that's what I want. You were trying to discourage him, but he adapted that. And, you know, I think they give, you should take all the credit for it. And I hope you're getting some residuals right now. Well, Dan Cathy, who is the son of the founder, the founder was the one. Yes, I said, uh, I, the, the funniest thing is uh, Dan and I were running a race together. And after our foot, we, we were about, used to be both runners. Mm-hmm. And after the race, Dan said, have you been in Chick-fil-A? And I said, sure, I have been. Mind you, that's 40 years ago nearly. He always says 20 years ago, it's nearly 40 years ago. But anyway, <laughs> and and after I said, yeah, I have been in Chick-fil-A. And at that time, they were only around Atlanta. And he said, well, what do you think? And I said, Dan, you're the best of a lousy lot, but you're not good. <laughs> so he was shocked that I would say that and went with me to Chick-fil-A. I pointed kind of things out that I, uh, and, and he tells the story today. We met, yes, do I get recognition? He constantly tells in stories that I had, uh, besides his father, the key influence on the company. Yes, at that time, one of the things we said was, how do you say hello to people and how do you speak words matter? Mm. Like I said very early, hi. Why hi? Why not welcome? I'm oh, good morning, sir. Good morning, man. Why not? And sort of folks and guys, ma'am, sir. And and that's what I told them. And instead of okay, we in Ritz Carlton, I told them, say my pleasure. Hmm. But I don't think that would fit into your market segment, I told them. <laughs> and everybody agreed, except Truett Cathy, who was sitting in the background. After about 10 minutes discussion, raised his finger and said, I like my pleasure. And I told Mr. Cathy, obviously I do. We use it. Right. But it doesn't fit your your market segment. He said, I like it. And that was the end of it. And we introduced <laughs> it. So yes, I had to do with it, but I told him not to use it. <laughs> it's so great though, really and truly, because it is everybody remembers it. You get the best service when you well, go to Chick-fil-A. And knowing that you have an influence there. Is, but is really... think about it. I have to, I mean, and interrupting them, but, but think about it. If you sit together in your office, and, and that applies to any other, in other business, you have to relate it to your own business, whatever you work in. It, it's not unique to one or the other, but you think sitting in your office is the same with a few, let's go for lunch, where do we go? And that's what I told uh, 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 Chick fil A people at the time. Where do you go? You go where the food was good. That's not true. You go where you felt good. Yes. And that feeling good has to do with food, has to do with timeliness, and has to do how people cared for you. Yeah. And if, if you put it, and that caring includes the cleanliness and, 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 and surrounding and, and so on. But in the feeling that they pay attention to me. And so that's where you go. And so it had, and, and we, we got that across during those years of, of my you know, consulting with them at the time. And then Dan called me 10 years later to reinvent hospitality. We looked at it again, the, the whole issue of hospitality. And the, and the success is unquestionable. Yeah. And, and, you know, but there's a piece of chicken. Come on. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really unreal. We laugh about it every time we drive by because it it it's always so busy and it is absolutely about the hospitality. I'm sure your chicken's great. Like no, you know, no offense. I'm not a big it is. polite it is. person. It is. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure it it's great. I'm not dismissing the product. Never right. do I dismiss the product. It has to be there. But I can I can reproduce a product. 
Right. Easier than it can reproduce a collagen. Mm. So tell me about, let's give some advice for the physician that is thinking about breaking out of corporate, which is most of the physicians that I work with that are leaving the insurance model and going into a cash-based practice where they really, really have to step up their game. I know because I'm, I know because I'm paying cash. Yeah, that's it. I do know. And I know, because, and we have to, because you're going to get better care if you're paying cash. And that is very sad. It, it, it's 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 very simple. Please hear me. You're dealing with human beings. Yes. And uh, and again, I have I've worked so heavily with behavioral analysts that maybe today I think it comes from me, but I actually learned it from them. Uh, and people want, particularly when I want, when I deal with a doctor, I want to trust you. Yeah. I want to trust you. And trust is not accomplished by a product. I don't even know. I don't understand your medical treatment of me. I have no idea. And you, you mentioned some chemicals. You mentioned something. I don't understand a word. I may pretend right. because I don't want to come across dumb. I may pretend that I, explain, I understand you, but I don't understand. But I do understand if you care for me. If you want to help me, if if your heart is out to me, so you have to express that care. Goodness, subconsciously, every human being wants from you the right product, timeliness, and caring. Yes. Now, now, and then, of course, individualization. The individualization. If I know that, and if I know that the greatest driver, unquestionably, is simply the caring piece, particularly in your business as a doctor. The caring, the saying, I care for you. I'm I'm clear, I'm here, I'm here to help you. I'm part of you. We're a team together to take care of your situation. And that is what drives the 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 the, the patient analysis customer or guest, the patient to trust you, to want to be back with you, to not want to deal with somebody else anymore, and to talk positive about you to the world. Mm. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. You're dealing with human beings. And if you have, and, and you know, I have one of those concierge doctors. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely great. But his receptionist is about the, the most miserable human being in the world. You mean miserable Mary? That miserable one? Miserable Mary is there. You, she, she transferred to my doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's everywhere. Miserable. Yeah. I mean, what is this? I mean, what what is this with your doctors? Don't you understand? She's defining you. It's She's so defining true. you. She's making very clear that you don't know how to how to teach people. That why why should I trust you when you don't even know how to teach your receptionist how to say good morning? Why hmm. should I trust? Oh my goodness! I I really want. Sorry, I want, don't, don't no, get mad. I want the, no, I want the doctors to hear this. This is I, this is all I ever talk about. So to hear it from you is way better than them hearing it from me, because I have been saying people bring me in to uh, reconstruct their business and and help. They want to know why they're not getting new patients or they're losing patients. And I always go, I always go back to the same thing. Who does your hiring and who does your training? That's who I want to meet. I want to meet those people. And that when I meet them and they're miserable, Mary and their sister, Betty, this is it. This is the problem. So you have to be willing to invest the time, the money, and the effort 
to create a culture. You can't just you're oh, the leader. Yeah. You're the leader there. You're the leader there. It it's and if they're miserable, then it's you. Because after all, you're the one who hired them. Right. You're the one that oriented them to your organization. You're the one that taught them. You're the one that taught, you are the one that creates the work environment. Right. You are the one that sets the expectation. So it's not them, it's you. Right. That's right. Amen to that. You know, you know and doctor, you think it's difficult? I had to do it in five continents, right. in five hotels, and it was possible. And it is possible because when we go to a hotel, we choose we choose the hotels that we go to based on the exceptional service that we receive. And if we like it, we're coming back. And if we don't like it, we're never coming back and we're going to recommend that others don't either. It's that simple. There is no change. You know, I love that um, there was a lot of consulting with, with Peter's book about you know, hospitality and healthcare and having this one book, and there's so many, right? But the industry of healthcare is so broken for so many different reasons. And this is why the doctors that I work with and your physician has left the insurance model. But if if you are accepting cash, you really have to be exceptional because people yes. want to follow their insurance card. That is what they want. They want to follow that insurance card and pay $20. They have no idea. They don't understand what an explanation of benefits is. They don't care. They want exceptional service, especially when they're taking actual dinero out of their wallets. So before we go, would you please do me the honor of just telling the bank story, please? <laughs> it's so funny. And it's so funny. I'm being asked, I, I, I make speeches all around. Last week, I made three, one, one in San Diego. One in, in, in Los Angeles and one in Kansas City. And, and I'm leaving tomorrow to San Antonio to make a speech. So I speak a lot. There is hardly ever that I make a speech where somebody doesn't come and say, tell the bank story. Bank story happens to be a true story. I was asked by, at that time, Continental Illinois Bank, which doesn't exist anymore, just to talk to the manager about customer satisfaction and, and customer loyalty. The, the day before, I thought, I better visit the bank. So that tomorrow somebody will ask me, have you been in the bank? I've never been there. So I went to that bank in a beautiful building. Yeah. Uh, and you, you enter, you, marble floor, marble pillars, stained glass window, vaulted ceilings. I mean, wow, and big, yeah. and you can feel money all around you. <laughs> probably stuffed in the pillars and everywhere. <laughs> and, and all the way over there was a, a maze to go into. Now, again, What's the expectation? No defect. No, we, we talked about that. Timeliness and caring. And what is service? I said that too. Welcome. It starts with a great welcome, a great greeting. Yes. It continues with doing for the guest what the guest wants and ends with a farewell. Remember, remember that. Yes. I'm going into the maze. And there, a lot of people in front of me, but it went pretty fast. I was number one because... A lot of tellers were working, mahogany tellers there. A lot of them were working. And pretty soon I'm number one. I looked left. Probably there was a pretty teller over there. I don't know right. why I looked left. Don't tell my wife. No, never. Great wife. I look left. On the right, somebody screamed, next! That's the first step of service. The first greeting was next. 
And I, I went to her teller and she looked down for a second. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This, this is what happened. It's a true story. She looked down for a moment mm. and finished. God's action. I see. I don't know her. She doesn't know me, obviously. But when she looked up, it was clear that she hated me. I love that. That is my favorite line. That she she did. She hated she you. Made it, she hated me. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and said, yes. And I, and I said, I just want to change $50. She said, give me $50. Now, she gave me the correct product. Right. Timeliness was good. Mm-hmm. But for the next 15 years, I talked about that bank. Now, right. get me. I talked negative about that lousy service in that bank. Right. I didn't say Susie because I don't know her name, but I told her lousy the service was not With other words, yeah. she find the bank and her fellow workers. Yeah. You let that happen. What could she have done? Let, let's be very simple. She could have said, next gentleman, please. Next when gentleman, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Simple. Doesn't yes. cost money. Mm. Of course, she was trained wrong. That's for sure. Or, or hired wrong. She, the next gentleman, please. When I come there, welcome. How may I help you? Just one chance. My pleasure. Ten forty-five fifty. Have a wonderful day. Now, how difficult? How more difficult is that than what she did? Not at all. Not at all. It could have taken it to the next dimension. And, and you all better understand that because that's where we are today. Yes. She could have said the next gentleman, please. And when I come there, call me by name. Welcome, Mr. Schulte. I know mm-hmm. who you are when you check in the capella. If you can, you do that. Personalized service. The expectation today is personalized service. Mm. And then say, and then she said, just want to change $50. And she says, 45 and here are five coins, because I know you collect coins. Mm. Individualizing. Individualization, the millennials very clearly want individualization. Yes. Like going to McDonald's, I say I have a number one. The millennial says I have a number one, but I take two slices of tomato, no pickles, no mayonnaise, and so on. Individualization. That is true for everything. The market yeah. today wants individualization. Personal recognition. So what happened all, all that here? A great welcome with a product. Mm-hmm. A compliance to the wishes, my wishes, and a farewell. And, and I have to make sure that works well, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So simple. Hire the right people. Train them. They can tell you one thing. Be sure the first day when people come to work, you train in behavior, how to say hello, because behavior cannot be taught after you're 16 years old, unless there is a significant emotional event in a person's life. And the first day of work is a significant emotional event. Instead of giving them rule books and tell them expectation and turn them over to somebody else to teach, teach them behavior, how we say hello to people, how we say welcome, how we are there to care for them how we express that caring the first day and the rule book can be discussed the second day yeah. and then have the right work environment remind them daily daily remind them we're here to care for people we have a daily you cannot go to work in in our company you couldn't go to work you had to stay for a five minute meeting where we reminded you of the service principle of the day mm. Couldn't, you couldn't go to work. That is a process. They were bored with it because they heard it 20 days before. There were 20 points. And we repeated them every 20 days. It was repeated again. Yeah. 
Well, it's necessary because people forget very easily, especially today. I joke around with my husband. I always tell him before he goes to the dermatologist, he's a UPS man, so he has a lot of skin issues. I said, now I want you to remember that that woman up front, she hates you. (laughs) Oh, so you just need to know that when you get in, she's not even, she's not going to say next. She's going to say, sign in. (laughs) Your no, name is sign in. It's well, terrible. I, in fact, I just went with Dermatron. She didn't she didn't say sign in. She said she looked at me, she said yes. It's so sad. I am so grateful for this conversation. I want to be respectful of your time. Your yeah. work has meant so much to me through the years. I really hope if you are watching or if you are listening, that you really listen and watch this again, not for me, but for this gentleman who has taught me so much about the importance of hospitality in life and in business. I am very blessed to have a design for living. I was raised well. My parents are from Ireland. They taught me how to look somebody in the eye and speak and be excited when they come in the door. I really, really hope that people in this day, in 2023, we have three months left of the year, right? We're going to walk into a new year. We have an opportunity to be great every single day. I hope that you take this advice today and um, you use that for your business and for your life. It works well for me. When we're nice to people, it works, right? People seem to like us. You know, allow me to say that. All you have to do is buy my book, Excellence wins excellence wins excellence is never an accident it's always this result of high intent and hard work but it always wins mm. and i explain that in my book and and i'm i'm telling you it will support you and i'm i'm pushing it but i really <laughs> i really mean it it will help you it will help i know this for sure i have gotten booked at speaking events because of this man and i didn't even get to meet him till today so excellence wins. I hope everybody gets the book. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been such an honor. Thank God you. Don't forget to mitigate risk. Visit 831B.com for more information.